Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host for the most, as always, Adela Marcy. We are steamrolling 2020. It's got the perfect vision after all, you know, it is what we do. So this episode's quite a special one for me because the guests that we actually have on right now is my friend Chris Taylor. Um, and it's kind of a cool thing because as you guys know, I've had Sam Barefoot on the show, or at least she's coming up on the show, and she's also an IG uh, type person. But I really wanted to get Chris on the show. And there was a very specific reason. Chris Taylor is one of those dudes that literally came out of nowhere. I'd say, what, 18 months? 12 months or 18 months? What was it? Chris? Well, 12 months, yeah. Yeah, in 12 months, you've basically gone from like an, uh, starting out to a six-figure agency using IG. And you've basically killed it. Because when I saw your presentation... So to give you guys an idea, I was at Expert Empires uh, back in November 2020. 2019, sorry. I'd met Chris at the one in June, um, November, he's on stage. I took so many fucking notes. I just sat there and went, holy fuck, this is really easy. I need to do more of this, which is why you guys are seeing in 2020. My IG has been growing like crazy. It's mostly his fault. You got to, I had to get him on here to blame him. Um, but yeah, so Chris is an amazing Instagram expert. We're going to be talking a lot about a lot of things today and some fun stories in between. And now I'm going to shut the fuck up because I want to introduce Chris Taylor to the show. Welcome. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you for inviting me. Absolute pleasure to, to come on to your show today. It's, awesome. um, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm glad we got to have a little chat beforehand as well, because um, as a rule to my show, is if, it's going to sound really terrible to a few, to a few people that have been on the show. I gauge how, my, uh, how, how the guest is going to be on my show. If I don't like them, I'll be honest with you, I kind of like, I half pay attention. I, I don't, I'm kidding. I don't really do that, but like... <laughs> I have a little bit more fun with people that I enjoy spending time with, and Chris is definitely one of those guys. So, real quickly though, <laughs> your your background is in real estate. It, it is in uh, is in property. Like that was your initial background, it is. correctly, right? Yeah, so, it was. What, um, what? I'm actually go on. No, you, you're actually what? Please go on. Yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, so my um my property kind of journey. I guess my whole entrepreneurial journey hasn't actually been that long so i've only been in business for 18 months so very very you know, february 2018 was when i uh was when i kind of joined the entrepreneurial world and i started um quite simply an airbnb company um nice. so we would take rental property and technically sublet um, on airbnb and booking.com and um at the margin was the money that we kept and uh, what i basically did is uh, instagram wasn't really something that Although I used it, I didn't really know much about it. It was just a platform where I thought, you know what, um, for the next 12 months, let's just document what I do um, and see where it goes from there. Because I think actually when you're an entrepreneur and the ups and downs of things that go really, really well or then go really, really badly, um, I think on social media, it's a, it's a world where everyone shows all the positives and um, actually don't show the, the negative things that go on, especially from an entrepreneur's perspective. So I made a conscious effort to do that, to try and be as authentic as I possibly could. And what that immediately built was a, was a following who, um, well, of people who are either in the property world already and were interested in Airbnb and were following along what we were doing and whether they took education or inspiration, whatever it was, they, they found it interesting. So I managed to build a, a loyal audience very, very quickly. Um, and like when I first started using the platform itself, like I had around about, about 600 followers and that was in May 2018. Um, and just from consistently putting out, I guess putting out good content, I wouldn't say high quality because it's around about 
that's not really my opinion on what's high quality, what isn't. My audience, I guess, decide what that is. But exactly. I was just putting out content every day, um, which would just document what I was doing. Um, so the things that I learned along the way, the, the pros, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, and it rapidly grew. So there's obviously different things that we do now to grow our accounts. But um, we went from 600 followers on my account. So I think it's around about 27, 28,000 people that were all either interested uh, in property or Instagram growth, depending on the point at which they followed me. Um, so yeah, it was fascinating. That is incredible. Now, I know I just only realized this because it's kind of dumb. So just a quick shout out to our sponsors because Chris is one of them. So I have to do this. I only realized I didn't fucking do it. But this episode is, of course, sponsored by Instagram. I'm not even going to say your freaking website name. I can't read it. It's Instagrammatics. But I N S T A G R A dot com. Go there, check it out. Opt in for his free ship because he will be giving you something for free that will actually help you massively. He doesn't know what it is yet, but I'm going to tell him at the end of this episode so he knows what to put out because clearly that's my job. For the love of God, I should just change my title to the copy dictator because that's what I do. It's like, I have this idea. Shut the fuck up. You have no idea what you're doing. Fun. Sorry. <laughs> but we're also sponsored by StorySellingBlueprint.com. You guys can go there, figure out how to tell your story, how you can find your story, combine it with Chris's shit, and now you have Instagram story shit to deal with, which is kind of incredible. So enjoy that one. So something that I really want to pick on you about, because you are a, and I said this, I don't know if you heard it, but I did say it. I called you a wanker because you basically did this in 18 months and I've been doing this for like 18 years. I've like <laughs> legit started my copywriting journey at 12 years old, went pro at 18. So I'm like wanker, but love it. I love people that actually go out and do stuff. Um, and by the way, guys, the reason I can get away with saying stuff like this with Chris is because I consider him a friend and I'm, I'm hoping yeah. he gives me the same shit back and doesn't feel like I'm going to go off on him. Cause that is not how. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> As far as it goes, though, one of the questions I have for you specifically when it comes down to your IG growth is you said the word consistency. Now, I believe high quality content does have a place, but I believe quality content is based on um, what your audience reciprocates to and appreciates and what they respond to. So specifically, it's this Oscar Wilde quote, which is, no, it's Andy Warhol, where it's, um, I'm butchering this. It's basically paint as often as you want create art and put it out there, create art and put it out there. Don't judge your art, let your audience judge your art, which is what you're doing. Right. My question is, how the fuck do you get that out of your head? Because that's something you said to me as well after EE. I have a horrible problem with kind of going, is this good enough? Whereas you're like, shut the fuck up and put it out there, which I've been trying to do more of. How do you help people get off that, get away from that, that feeling though? Because I know it's a very common experience with entrepreneurs. I think it is. I think it's um, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this all the time. It's like the difference between documentation and creation, right? Um, so we get trapped in a world where um, we really believe it's important to create the high quality content. Now, I think I said this to you when we, when we met, actually, um, it's not our decision what is high quality and what isn't. So we shouldn't be taking our time procrastinating on it because by the time that we've done that, that bit of content which could have gone viral hit the Explorer page and you're having hundreds of thousands of impressions coming through um, was already gone because someone else has beat you to the punch and already done it. Um, so what we kind of look at doing is any sort of idea that we get, we have a core framework to all of our content. So especially in the expert world, uh, we normally have a system, uh, depending on what it is, whatever niche industry that we're in, we normally have a system which we follow. 
and all we basically do um, is repeat the same message um, every single time, but the story changes. So whatever it is that we're doing every single day, because we're documenting, we're not creating, and because we are actively practicing what we preach. Um, so in your case, it's copywriting. You do it every single day. Um, you know the power of it. Now, when it comes to putting content out there, uh, I know as a copywriter, because I consider myself to be a bit of a copywriter myself with the way that we write our captions in, in Instagram content. Um, but it's, it's just getting it done and getting it out and letting our audience then judge because you know what, like the worst thing that can happen is it doesn't perform. Um, and if it's really that bad, we delete it afterwards, but the delete button's there for a reason. Um, yep. but nine times out of 10 or 9.9 times out of 10, the bit of content that we thought was going to be a pile of shit is actually going to be one of the top performing pieces. And that's happened so many times. And if I hadn't put that content out there, my following wouldn't have grown. Uh, because actually some of the, the things that I personally believe we're going to do really well didn't. And some of the things I thought wouldn't travel very far reached the Explorer page. And we were getting, like I say, 50 to 60,000 impressions, which when you convert that into, I'm a numbers man, really. So when I look at the percentages of it, when you can get a five to 10% conversion from impression to follow, um, it's huge when it turns of getting as much volume as you possibly can out there. Agreed. Agreed. That's incredible. And I do consider people like, so copywriting isn't just long form in my opinion. It's a multitude of different things. But what I love the fact that, is that you actually just said how quickly you can end up just giving a shitload of impressions. Now, can I actually ask about like your actual strategy for the content stuff? Cause you touched upon it or is that something that you cover right now? Um, no, no, we can definitely cover on it for you. Yeah, um, so I mean, my core structure that I always talk about is um, normally touches upon, I mean, you're a copywriter, you'll know this. It always yeah. touches upon the story. So whatever content there is out there on social media now, um, it's already been said. It's very rare, unless you're Elon Musk these days, that you're creating something that's flipping new for this world. Yeah. Um, so whatever you're trying to deliver, um, the actual fundamentals, whether it's the educational piece that you're trying to deliver as an example, um, you could go onto Google, type it in, you can get the answer. Now. What I love about social media is the fact that what makes us unique and what makes us different is the story that sits behind the content. Um, so in any bit of copy that, that we write, especially within captions or even when we're recording videos, we'll follow um, the structure, which is really, really simple. Starts off with the introduction to the story element of it. So it captures the user's attention by automatically drawing them into the journey that we're going on. Um, we then kind of bridge into the content aspects. Every single bit of content that we put out is strategic. It's purpose-driven. It's not, it's not just putting content out for content's sake. It's, mm -hmm. It is actually part of the strategy that we're looking to deliver. And I'll talk about the difference between Instagram story and Instagram feed content because there is a very, very clear difference and different benefits to doing both. Um, but with our feed content and the way that we produce that, we follow the story content story call to action method. So we'll do almost um, the before is the typical example. So rewind back 12 months, I was doing this. Now we then bridge into the content, which is um, what I then started doing to improve. We implemented this one thing or these three tips, which then would help um, us get to the second part of the story, which is then this is the result that we got from it. 
Now, if you can follow that structure, you're, you're giving the content that you're looking to do by seeding what it is that you deliver to people, but you're making it unique by tying in the story that relates um, to that specific bit of content. So it's the thing that makes it unique to your profile. And the people that do this the best, you'll see it all the way, like a Grant Cardone, a, a Gary Vaynerchuk right now, um, Carrie Green one. does it and spoke at Expert Empires in November of 2019. Like they all follow this method consciously or subconsciously. But what they're able to do is build the loyal audience up by making people believe and relate to the stories that they're telling. Yeah, no, it's something that we actually do cover as part of like the story selling blueprint. It's the idea of pulling out that content from you so you can actually go before, during and after. It's... um. It's it's a powerful piece and it's something that I really should implement for myself. It's it's really annoying. I can do this for everyone else but me. And I hate the fact that that's actually usually the case with copyrights. So like we're good at this. Oh terrible process. That's why we have dreams, <laughs> to be honest. But kind of like jumping off of that point though, what with IG stories, I think you remember I remember you saying something along the lines of it was twenty pieces of content that you need to post on IG stories a day. But then also you had to have like, was it three posts a day? So 20 stories and three posts a day was like the, the split average that you need for IG to be successful. Well, I, well, I used to think that. I used to think that. Story content is what I believe um, deserves the most attention these days. Now, I say that because the fundamental user of Instagram now, um, now this just comes from market research that we've done when we're speaking to people about the platform. Obviously, this is the only thing really day in, day out that I talk about is the usage and trying to understand how the user best interpret and uses the platform so I can make sure that I'm spending my time with either myself or my clients focusing on the stuff that actually works. Now, if you look at, and you, you may follow this pattern, but on average, um, the Instagram user spends around about 45 seconds on the platform each time they log on. Now, during that 45 seconds, if their attention hasn't been grabbed, that is, they will normally check three to four stories. First thing they do, three to four stories, they'll go on, they click at the top of the screen. As humans, we all do this. It's the same with websites. You start at the top and you work your way down. Um, you'll, you'll look at three to four stories, spend about 30 seconds looking at that. You then do the pointless scroll down your news feed, see if anything really catches your attention. You like a couple of things. You very rarely put a comment out there these days. Comments are like gold dust. Um, and then you come off the platform. You may check your direct messages, but then you come off the platform. So for me, when I'm collecting that data up, I'm looking at it and going, well, if people are doing that and they're spending their time looking at stories, then we need to make sure that every time that they log on, it's our face that appears at the top of that timeline. Now, the, re the way that we do that isn't by putting 20 stories all at once on, because that would be totally pointless, but it's at regular intervals throughout the day to make sure that whenever our target market or our users are actually on, that it's our profile that stands up. So the reason why I say 20 pieces is because normally it's like one or two pieces every hour is the easiest way to break it down. So a little video, photo, little clip, it can take you five to 10 seconds to create a bit of story content. But the overall strategy of it is with the way that the Instagram algorithm works and the way that the social media algorithms now work in general, your content is very rarely seen by people. So when you post, it's normally seen by around about seven to 10% of your audience that are online at that particular point. 
So what we're trying to do by story content is gain the user's attention. Because once you've seen a couple of stories, if they've, you've got them and you've actually got them interested in what it is that you're doing by simply just showing them what it is that you do every day, the overall strategy of it is we want them to then come across to our profile to then start seeing our content. So then start having a click through. And that's where the structure of the content, which I said before, really comes into play because they start buying into you and your brand, but they're also getting the educational side of it to understand how you can help them. So they link really, really well. Um, but also by focusing your time on stories, you're not spending hours and hours and hours planning and creating content. So what I normally say to people now, and I said this on stage at Expert Empires, is if you can get 15 to 20 pieces of story content out there per day, just telling people and showing people what it is that you're doing and then try to get out one feed post a day. Now that will depend, that feed post will depend on your audience and how, how much they really enjoy your content right now, because it's okay to post once every couple of days. Like that's not a problem if you're getting the story content out there. So for me, the volume of feed posts actually isn't as important as the volume of story posts now, just because the attention is really on focusing on short form story content rather than the longer form feed content. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That makes way more sense. So my question, because again, you do create a lot of caption pieces for it. How, what, whereabouts do captions rate in terms of, um, what's it called in terms of like hierarchy of what you put, put your focus on, because again, captions really capture people. And I'm, if you look through my IG, you could see that I am shit at writing captions. <laughs> uh, or at least I was until Chris beat me up and um, told me what to do, which is always fun, but like just something ridiculous. So I looked through something, uh, one of my photos, like the last photo I posted was with Todd Herman and Philip uh, Jones. Uh, and essentially it was a case of the caption was bumped into these guys and then just tagged them. I mean, that is the most yeah. basic shit of a caption I could come up with, but there is a real art form to it. So my question is, how do you come up with the right captions of what a photo is, uh, is saying? Yeah. So yeah, it's an, it's an interesting one. Um, so the way, the way that we look at it is, I mean, there's simple structure to ours. I, I mentioned it briefly before. Um, so when I'm, when I'm going out about my day, um, especially if I'm working and I've got stuff that's really planned into the diary, which my audience would find interesting. Uh, that's the clear distinguishment. So let's take your photo for an example, which is dated the 9th of November here, right? Yeah. Um, so what I would be looking to, yeah, what I would be looking to kind of go into there is rather than just bumped into these guys, Phil Jones and Todd Herman, I'll be looking into a bit more, trying to get a little bit more context behind it because um, I don't know what you've spoken about. I don't know why you met them. And really, it's just a pointless photo, to put it quite simply, really. Oh, no, that makes um, sense. Now, so what would I be looking to do is, the way that I structure all of my captions is an eye-catching title. So like, like any bit of copy that you write now, in the subject line, if it's an email, there's normally that eye-catching title to try and gather people's attention. Yeah. Now, you have that as your starting point. You then add a little bit of story behind it. So to start your caption off, it could, it could have been, um, bumped into these two guys today, haven't seen them for this long, met them in this place. Um, we actually ended up speaking about this. Now, you then go into the content element of what it is that you spoke about um, and actually then come in to round off the story of, can't wait to see these guys again, like they've been a massive part of my life, whatever it is that you, you really spoke about during that meeting. 
Um, and then you have your call to action. So you want to ask for your engagement afterwards. So um, what have you done today? And um, what did you think to this? Has this been helpful if you provided a bit of content behind it? Uh, and then the biggest pit to, part to really enhance your reach is to get your hashtags in there. So they are one of the most powerful thing about Instagram is getting, is getting hashtag, kind of getting your post trending in hashtags to really enhance the number of impressions that your post is getting. So if you follow that kind of structure, the title, story, content, story, call to action, hashtag structure, um, that will give you the, the ability then to get into your caption line really, really simply because all you're doing is talking about what it is that happened during that conversation. Um, and then letting then the, the call to action, getting the engagement through and the hashtag combination to drive the overall reach that you're going to get. Yeah, that makes complete sense. So how do you find the right hashtags? Because I mean, there is, there is a whole formula to this. And again, I don't want you to share the entire, I would want you to share the entire formula, but I don't want you to give away the farm. Um, because I remember what you <laughs> said, it was a case of, you don't want to go for the multiple million hashtags. And this is something I do know. You don't want to go for like the guys uh, that are doing like 10 million hashtags are using this exact same hashtag, like hashtag London has like so many people using yeah. it. You want to use something a little bit more simpler and more niche that's under, what was it, under 5,000 tags that were you initially going for? And then you want to like have yeah, so we, um, those and one big one. Yeah, so we, we operate on a on like a pyramid scheme type thing. So um, with the way that hashtags work, if you're posting in really, really popular hashtags, like, I mean, in the expert space, you've got entrepreneur, you've got business, you've got um, anything that relates where they've got flipping over 1 million posts in, when you actually look at the, the activity in those hashtags, if you're not getting like the immediate engagement of like 200 to 300 likes within that first hour, then genuinely, like if you go into the most recent part, like you can try it now as you listen to it, like you go and search entrepreneur, you look at the most recent post, you click on it, stay on it for about 10 seconds and refresh the page and then your post suddenly is gone. Um, because of the activity under that hashtag. So what basically happens is you only get 30 hashtags per post. Um, now, we look to use around about 27, 28 right now, purely because Instagram released a report, I think quarter two of 2019, basically saying if you use a ball 30, um, it does technically classify it as a, as a not, as, not a spam post or to it, but it's not as powerful, which is the most strangest thing I've ever heard, but it, but it is a thing. Um, so we use about 27 to 28 hashtags. Now you want to make sure that every single one of them actually has the best ability and the most ability to be able to get you in front of more people that don't currently know who you are. So rather than using 28 hashtags, which all have 1 million posts in the most generic ones that you can use, what you want to follow is the pyramid structure that we teach. So you start with 50% of your hashtags um, being in a smaller volume hashtag category. Um, so anything between 10 to 100,000 posts, because that gives you the ability to stay in the most recent hashtag section for longer. Um, so you're giving yourself more of an opportunity to start getting engagement via the hashtags. You then have a different percentage. So let's say that's 20%. I can't remember them off the top of my head because they do change um, depending on the actual ability of your profile. So we do individual analysis on each profile. Um, now we'll take 20%. That, that should have a, a hashtag post volume um, limit of between the 100,000 to 250,000. Um, and then you have another section, which is then another 20% and then another 10% following the same, the same frequency. 
Um, because that what enables you to do is get the immediate engagement to start trending in the smaller hashtags. And once you've built up um, the loyalty um, and the engagement score, you will then start to trend in the higher volume hashtags. If you're working the algorithm up to give yourself the best, the biggest and bestest opportunity uh, to be seen by more and more people. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm just literally writing down notes for this shit because it's actually a lot more fun for me to actually. I can do this right now. So, uh, so something a little bit more fun, so to say. Say, for instance, you because social media, a lot of people have this where they have a personal account and they have a business account. Now, if you're a personal brand, like I technically class as a personal brand because um, even though I have like other because I have other Instagram accounts. I have like my main Adela Marcy Instagram account. Then I have my podcast account, which I'm getting up and running in 2020. And then I have my course product account. And I have like this other thing I'm doing as an account as well, because I don't know who told me this, but they're like, yeah, you want to keep them separate in my world. I kind of like ease and the ease is I like to keep everything in one place. So if I'm having a great day with my mom, I want to post about a great day with my mom, but I also want to talk about business. Would you suggest you have multiple, um, Instagram accounts on the same account or would you rather just have it all consolidated into one? Um, so I have a, a bit of a contradictory opinion on this really. Um, so I, I only have one, one account. I have my personal account. Excellent. Now I do that because um, I have, I have multiple businesses which technically I can drive traffic to. Um, but, and I do have, I do have pages set up. I just don't spend any time on them. Like I literally have content that I've batched on there. It's a proof. It's more of a positioning piece than anything. I'm not looking to grow them. I'm not looking to really get much out of them apart from just them being in existence. Um, now, what I then do is within my personal brand, I do talk about the different businesses that I've got and the different stuff that I'm doing because that forms part of my documentation um, elements of my content. And so what that's basically then doing is generating curiosity because when you, when people are searching for your business, because you've spoken about it, you do want them to be able to find them. So you do want them to be there. Now, what I purely use it for is because Instagram only technically gives you one link unless you have 10,000 followers or more, you only get the ability to put one link in your, in your accounts. That's your website element of it. Really? Now with my personal brand, um, especially with the Instagram stuff that I'm looking to do. I'm looking to use that link to capture data. That's the only reason I really look to use social media is to actually capture data and build my list up to then actually be able to market in different, in different areas of um, whatever it is that we're looking to do at that point, whether it's um, phone, tel telemarketing, whether it's email marketing, direct marketing, whatever it is, we're looking to capture the data. So rather than just using my website I, on my personal brand page, I'm literally looking to send them through um, and offer an ethical bribe for someone to trade me uh, their email or phone number um, in, in trade of something of value to them. So that's what I use my personal brand for. Um, but then with the way that the, the other accounts and the business accounts work, um, if they go and search for them, they will then be able to find the account and be taken to the website. So I just simply keep my website in there for people then to just go and have a look for more information on. So for clarity on it, I put all my time and attention on my personal brand because I think it's the most strongest. And for, to be fair, like the reason why I've been able to scale my business so quickly, if I had just focused on building my business brand, especially now in a world where people are just so much more likely to buy from people and, and other personal profiles, I think 
I made the right decision and focusing solely on creating content for my personal brand and building relationships through my personal brand and then driving traffic through um, to my businesses via the conversations that I have uh, via message or comment, whatever form of communication I choose on the platform. See, I am smiling ear to ear right now because this makes me feel vindicated. So fuck all of you other guys that keep telling me that I'm doing it wrong. Ha, in your faces. No, but the reason I say this is quite simple because I have the same belief. I'm lazy. People don't realize this. I'm actually very lazy when it comes to content creation. I want to create my content once and then just put it out there. And the reason I like to create it once is, as Chris has said, and as I've said earlier, I really don't. So my biggest internal belief I'm working through or have been working through that I'm actually destroying by doing is um, (laughs) having to constantly put shit out there because I'm like, everyone knows this and it turns out not everyone knows this. I got to keep posting it out there to help people out. I didn't know you could only have like only one link until you had 10,000 followers, but I actually feel vindicated because you've gone ahead and actually said the one thing that I've always believed, which is if you have one personal brand and the way that we're leading into the next decade of 2020 to 2030, the trend is leading towards story. And for the last like five years, I've been bitching and moaning and, scraping and screaming about how story is the basic thing. It's the reason why I created Story Selling Blueprint. It's because it's this idea that once you understand your story, people are more in tune with that stuff. I mean, uh, were you ever a fan of like 90s slash early 2000s pro wrestling at all, Chris? Yes, I was indeed, yes. (laughs) WWF all the way. I mean, who did not love the Hardy Boys, (laughs) The Undertaker, and all the crazy (laughs) Chelsea matches? Thank you. It's bringing me back so many memories. I love it. Dude, I seriously... so. Pro tip for anyone thinking, how do I get better at writing stories? Go back and watch old wrestling promos, specifically 95 to 2007. After that, it's kind of shitty. But 95 to 2007, specifically like 2000, 2003, the the Alliance Invasion arc that the WWF had going, that right Mm -hmm. there is some of the greatest story marketing I have ever witnessed in business. And there is one simple reason. You believed it was fucking real as a child, and you were so emotionally invested. You were so invested that you'd get the adults around you and other people around you invested into the same thing. I mean, th- right now you're laughing because I know you're, you're remembering that one time that you probably did something where you talked to a friend and you guys were reliving the wrestling moves because you thought it was real. Like 100%, like D-Generation X, Triple H, Classic. Sledgehammer. Like it all brings it all back, honestly, all oh, the different memories. Hell in a Cell, <laughs> Undertaker, six-man elimination, the, what was it? The Elimination Chambers. Oh, yeah, man. that's it, yeah, the Elimination Chamber. Hell in a Cell, all flippy, the good fun, that was flipping out. Brings back so many memories, that does. So many memories. It's, it's insane. Like all this thing, all these things come up, but the reason that you want to study it is because look at how they cut the promotions and you'll see this in modern day mixed martial arts or MMA for my fans. Um, guys like Conor McGregor heavily rely. The reason he was able to build himself up the way he is is because he relied on pro wrestling gimmicks. Um, and I say, when I say gimmicks, it has a negative connotation, but what I mean is he's using tried and true methodologies and strategies that come from pro wrestling in his business. And you can do the same in yours. Um, I was speaking to a guy called Caleb O'Dowd, which you guys should know. If you don't know, go listen to the podcast I did with them. Um, Caleb is one of Gary Halbert's last protégés before Gary passed away, and an incredible copyright his own right. And something he said on the show was quite powerful. And it was, if you were to start again today, 
and you were to go into any business, the best way you can generate hype and generate buzz for yourself is find the sacred cows and challenge them and execute them. And this is a law of power in the 48 laws of power. It's a law of human nature and it's a pro wrestling thing. The reason why Muhammad Ali was able to garner as much hype as he did was he learned how to talk. Well, I, yeah, he learned how to talk shit from uh, gorgeous George, who was also a wrestler. Um, and if you really think about every great in every field, they are tremendous shit talkers. Like they are just tremendous. Like you have the exceptions, Anderson Silva exception, but even in business, who's the biggest shit talker that we know in business? <laughs> we know plenty, but who would you say? Like, give me a name of one of the biggest shit talkers. The biggest shit talker in business. I gotta be careful. It depends how many people have been listening to this. Right? To well, when when I say shit talker, I don't mean it negatively. I mean in the sense of they go out there and they are brazen as fuck. Oh, you look at Grant Cardone, mate. It's the most obvious one right now, isn't it? Exactly. Literally the most. He literally goes out of his way to be the most controversial character right now. And to be fair, in terms of the content, like he drives me absolutely insane, but I'm totally in awe of what the bloke has done. Um, but oh, yeah, I, in terms of just consistently spouting rubbish um, online, he's got to be up there with one of the top performers right now. 100%. Oh, without a doubt. And guys, if you're wondering, how the fuck do I do this with IG? Um, here's an easy target for you marketers and would-be guys out there. Russell fucking Brunson. Yes. I mean, for the love of goodness. Okay, my friend Jason Hornung, who, again, one of the best ad dudes out there. The guy's a fucking legend. Um, as I said to you guys, I only bring legends on the show. Clearly talking to one right now <laughs> called Chris Taylor. Jason <laughs> Hornung's another one. Jason actually went ahead and did this. Uh, so Russell Brunson took his one funnel away concept from Gary Halbert's one sales letter away. The difference is... Gary's concept works in my opinion because you are only one good sales letter away from being a millionaire because you write one good sales letter, you have money come in, you can reinvest. A funnel takes a little bit longer of a time because you need to create a product, you need to create all the other assets. It takes way too long. Jason, who has no reason to go after Russell other than I just want to, literally made fun of him. Literally made fun of him for the whole one funnel way concept, made fun of the concept. He likes Russell, they actually talk. But he literally made fun of the concept. And you know the crazy thing? Jason's stock went through the roof. Russell Brunson's the biggest dude that you can take on right now. Not because he'll answer you, but because he is that guy that you can literally go after. If you want an example in the music industry, look at 50 Cent's Rise to Power. That is probably the greatest entrepreneurial rise to power I've ever seen in the music industry. And he did it by attacking uh, the entire industry. And I don't know if you're a hip-hop fan, Chris, are you? I am. I remember the Get Rich or Die Trying film with, uh, with 50 Cent. It was a good film. Great album as well. But I, I want you guys to go listen to a song. This is your homework. It's not on Spotify, but you can find it on YouTube. It's called How to Rob by 50 Cent. And this is off his unreleased album, The Power of the Dollar. Just before he got shot, he had this album. And the entire song is 100% going after the entire hip-hop industry in, 2000, in the 2000s and saying how he was going to rob them. And this is his way of going after the industry. Like, I'm going to challenge the biggest dogs in the industry and see who wants to mess with me. And there's a, and this is when Missy Elliott was fat, by the way, when you had fat Missy Elliott. And um, this is a lyric that will always stand out to me. And it was, I'll run upon Timbo and Missy with the pound. I'm like, you give me the cash, you put the hot dog down. Literally, that's, that, that's how vicious his rhymes were. 
it got it got so <laughs> bad that even Jay Z responded back on um, on another song. I can't remember. He goes, "I'm a full dollar, but you're just 50. And it was like, <laughs> that's what he. That was like it was a one bar diss to Fifty Cent. And that's how you get garnered. That's there was no way you can lose. By the way, either they insult you and they come after you, and now everyone around you is because you'll have a dichotomy of people. There'll be people that say, "I love Chris Taylor. He's amazing." And other people are like, Chris Taylor's a giant cunt. Sorry to my American audience. I know you guys don't like that word, but fuck it. I don't care. We're in England. Um, but at the same time, say Chris went after Russell and Russell's audience, Russell like, who the fuck is this guy? Fuck him. Russell wouldn't say that. He's Mormon. He doesn't swear. But like, he'll say, fudge that guy. I don't know what Mormons do to swear. I really don't. I know way too many Really Fiddlesticks, I think, is a good term. Fiddlesticks is one of the. God, now I'm thinking of Bobcat <laughs> Horseman where she's like, fish sticks, it's terrible. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> you asshole. My brain is ADD central right now. But anyway, the reason I'm getting onto this, I'm going to pass the mic back over. Sorry, I feel like I'm hogging it, but it's funny as shit. It's, funny, it's, it's your show. It's your show. <laughs> I know. I'm having fun. I'm interviewing you. But what I was going to say is if Chris went after someone like Russell Brunson or some other sacred cow in the marketing industry, if they respond, half that audience is going to be like, yeah, fuck Chris. He doesn't know what he's talking about. The other half like, who the fuck is this guy? I want to find out more. And then they find out Chris's stuff. They realize he's actually smart as fuck. And he's like, oh shit, no, Chris is amazing. Now you have a whole bunch of new audience people. Now, if Russell doesn't respond, it now looks like Russell is in the wrong. So for him, it's a no-win situation. He can respond and blow up your profile. He can actually ignore you and everyone else now garners towards him towards you there'll be a smaller number if he ignores but let's be honest if he responds it's he's going to lose followers that go to chris anyway based on what chris is saying i mean he's not saying any of this right now but i'm just hypothetically speaking because i realized at this point it sounded like you had actually said something against russell like he hasn't done anything bless him (laughs) but yeah kind of kind of going off of that around but okay so my favorite question always to ask on the show comes down to um well, you read a lot, right? Yes, I do. Well, I listen a lot. Joseph. Yes, audiobooks are the best. I, I count audio and reading the same thing at this moment in time. Thank you, Audible. I love you guys. I should really get them to sponsor the show sometime. Because it'll yes, be fun. 100. It's like the best sponsorship ever. Yeah, pretty much. Or you guys can just go to adelonati.com forward slash Audible and, you know, get, some, get 30 days for free. This show is not sponsored by them, but I do have a link to them because I had a sponsorship with them for something else, but that was the link. If it still works, awesome. If it doesn't, eh, go get an Audible account. So my question is, if you were to recommend uh, five books, audiobooks, that people should read, what would they be? And bonus question, if you were to recommend five movies people should watch, what movies would they be? Oh, yeah. flip it out. Put me on the spot here, mate. I love that. Five five books. Okay, um, I'm, li- I'm listening to one at the moment. I'm listening to it for like the third time, I think, actually. Um, it's High Performance Habits by Brendan Burchard, actually. Like, the guy is an absolute genius, and I love what he does. Um, I'm going across to his uh, influencer um, event next year, so that should be good fun. Nice. Um, Let me know how it goes. I'm, I met a guy. I met a guy at Expert Empires. I think it was June. I think it was June. David Goggins. Um, his his audio book itself. So the actual book, I don't know, um, but the what they did with the audio was absolutely genius because they've had like a podcast going in, in, in and out of it. Oh, yeah, uh, just, this book was incredible. Just jumping in there, David's going to be on the show. 
we've booked is him. he really you've got yeah him. we've already booked him oh, he's, gonna, he's gonna be coming beautiful. on the show soon um and he can tell you all about his book but yeah it's an amazing book please continue i just want to throw that in there to kind of tease everyone that's gonna be coming out yeah it's a good seed mate i love the seeding you've done there it's, it's fantastic work fantastic but uh but yeah so that book there can't hurt me i've read it twice it's it's quite a long book but it's um it's more of a motivational flipping his story is like you'll hear him on the podcast when you get him on it's uh it's unreal uh, in terms of what that guy goes through in terms of his discipline um so yeah that's got to be up there um gary vaynerchuk's crushing it that was the thing that got me into social media right at the beginning like listening to that book and understanding how powerful it is so if you've not read that it's probably one of the most common ones that people must say but um that book yeah was massive um for me in my journey and getting on there um oh it's gonna be a tough between these next i've got three but i'm gonna say oh, two throw, throw um, all three up i don't care go for it Okay, cool. So Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people. Um, like in terms of relationship building, um, my favorite book, um, I would probably say that I ever read actually that, that book, because I was back when I was in my corporate role, like when I was working for a car leasing company, sales was the thing that I did. And actually when I started to focus on the relationships with my well, prospects and customers, it was at that point which uh, my whole kind of performance started to change. And it was that book that triggered it. Um, so when you start focusing on results and actual customer satisfaction, uh, rather than actually just trying to get the sale, it was, it was that that made the difference. And the reason why I was able to, again, grow my business so quickly, because we focus on relationships rather than actual trying to just get the customer over the line. So that was definitely up there. Um, Principles by Ray Dalio. Um, I've just written that one down, actually. That was a... Uh, in terms of that, for those of you that don't know who Ray Dalio is, it's the guy that Tony Robbins basically went to for all of his uh, financial investing advice. Owns one of the biggest hedge funds, um, or did own one of the biggest hedge funds um, out there. Our guy's an actual financial genius. Um, yes. And then we mentioned him earlier, Russell Brunson, um, his Expert Secrets book. Um, oh, yeah. That for me, was a... Uh, a really, really cool listen. And again, one of the first books I read starting off in business. So a lot of mine were kind of instrumental in me being able to grow so quickly with the Instagram company. So yeah, those that's six technically in the end, I think. Was. That's fine. Um, I, I just want to clear this right now because I think someone's going to be like, Russell, Adel said this about you. I actually like Russell a lot. I followed a lot of his work. I own <laughs> a lot of his courses and books. I fucking love the guy's uh, tenacity. I love how he is. Doesn't mean I'm not going to make fun of him. Also because I, I, really, I also want to do jujitsu with him because he's a, he's a very, because uh, he grew up in Idaho. He's a fucking wrestling prodigy and he's really good at no-gi jujitsu and I really want to fucking wrestle him. So Russell, if you're listening <laughs> out there, buddy, me and you, we got to go, man. Let's do this. <laughs> he's probably going to tap me out. I'm not going to lie. He, he's got, probably got one of those aggressive wrestling styles. I'm like, fuck you. I'm just going to play off my back. Let's see what happens when I've got a guard game. <laughs> Khabib and Tony the mini series. I'm just fucking around. I don't know. I like Russell though. I just had to put that out there because I don't want someone going to Russell and be like, so Adel talked shit about you. It's like Adel did not talk shit about you. Adel illustrated something, but he likes Russell very much. And I'd love to have you on the show. Now, that being said, <laughs> what are your five movies? Oh god, there's so many. This is such a um Wolf of Wall Street. I think we've got to get that one out there early. Yep. Um that was the latest one that came out, one with Leonardo DiCaprio. I've watched that film way too many times for that not to be there. Oh man, my favorite um, scene has to be the bit where he's walking down the stairs and at the start and talking about all the drugs he consumes. Like all those like Yeah, just that opening <laughs> scene goes, just like <laughs> love it. Absolutely love that film so much. So good. Um then 
I think you've got to go into. I'm a massive Star Wars fan. I'm an absolute same like, ridiculous Star Wars geek. So Empire Strikes Back for me was one of the best films of all time. Absolutely love that film Without so much. Without a doubt. Yeah, so definitely there. I mean, I can't. I'd throw all the Star Wars films if I could in the top five. But I thought I'd throw some variety in. Um, mm-hmm. Social Network, a good film. Um, now that, in terms of the story of Facebook, obviously being a social media flipping addict like I am, that has to be um, has to be in there definitely without a doubt. Like that film flipping in terms of inspiration and kind of going after what you want. Like the way that they portrayed Zuckerberg in that film um, was flipping great fun. Like I thought it was brilliantly done. Um, then the next two, this is tough, mate, tough two questions. Um, I would probably go, go down the lines of the latest, um, Avengers film. Um, I can't remember the end of the, it was Endgame, wasn't it? Yeah. Endgame was like, <laughs> what that I'm glad like that was like genuinely in terms of the way they've done it. I've never, I like never really enjoyed like long, long films, you know, like the ones which are like over two and a half hours. Yeah. Like, I always used to uh, get quite, quite bored and turn off um, at that point. But that film, like three hours and whatever, 10 minutes it was like, I literally went with the blink of an eye. It was totally ridiculous. Um, and then to round it off, it's Christmas, isn't it? Like when we're recording this, mate, I'm going to throw it out there. The fact that we're recording this so close to Christmas. Um, Elf for me, mate, what, what a flick. What an absolute demon of a film. Um, so yeah, top five film, bit of variety there for you. I hope that's uh, I hope that's all right. No, that's fucking <laughs> awesome. I will say this much: Avengers Endgame made me cry. Right, like, legit, such. I, I, I can't. There is one scene. I'll tell you what it is. I'm probably gonna get goosebumps just saying this. Um, <laughs> it's when Cap is. I don't give a shit about spoilers. You should have seen it by now. If you're if you're a Marvel fan, you would have seen it. If you haven't, go fuck off. That's basically my response. <laughs> Oh, spoiler alert. Fuck off. Anyway, um, <laughs> that was a spoiler alert. It's the bit where Cap is standing down all of um, Thanos' forces and he just like straps on his shield and he's literally about to go to it and then all of a sudden, Sam's like on your left. That yes. bit fucking... That, that whole thing where all the forces join, I'm like, talking about right now, I'm getting fucking emotional again. It's really bad. That's a good story. <laughs> That's good story writing when you can make someone feel emotions just talking about a scene. Not even watching, just talking about it. They feel emotional. And uh, I'm not going to... I'll ask after the show about your thoughts. If you've seen, Have you seen the latest Star Wars? Did you go to the midnight screening or are you going to go watch it this weekend? Uh, this weekend, mate. I've got my, um, uh, got my Cineworld tickets booked already. Uh, so, same uh, I'm going tomorrow. Ah, okay, yeah. So you've not you've not seen it, right? Just no, God, no, 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 not yet. I, I'm away, so I couldn't actually uh, see it. But I'm going tomorrow night around. I think it's like the seven o'clock show. I'm going to. Oh, amazing, amazing! It's gonna be it's gonna be fucking fantastic. Um, I've oh, I've I genuinely like I'm ridiculous right now. Like I'm so excited, but I'm such a flipping nerd when it comes to Star Wars. Same. <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you what. Um, I'm not because I'm not in my place right now. My friend's place. Uh, what I'm going to do is when I get home tomorrow or on Saturday, because I have your phone number now, I'm going to text you what sits on my desk because I genuinely yeah. think you'd love it. And the second thing is, for my 30th birthday this year, a friend of mine sent me a Millennium Falcon. I did not. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was like one of those old toys, that, you know, the ones that flip open and you can see the inside of the Millennium Falcon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She sent me one of those. She goes, I know you're a huge Star Wars nerd and this has been sat in the attic for absolutely years. 
I thought I'd send it. It's even missing the dish, but it looks amazing. <laughs> well, I'm, li- I'm literally, I love it. I've still got all my, um, my old flipping uh, memorabilia type stuff from when I was a kid. Uh, my Lego sets that I've still got in my mum's um, house. Yeah. I've still got the Millennium Falcon, like one of the, I got one of the bigger ones when I was a kid. I got it for, I think it was on my seventh birthday. Mm. It still sits on top of my cupboard. Um, yeah, I'm so sad. I love it. Absolutely love it. Dude, Star Wars nads are the best in my opinion. We just, so I, <laughs> to give you an idea. Really I, <laughs> yeah. Though to be fair, the JJ Abrams tr- Star Trek reboots were kind of good. I'm not going to lie. Those were really good. But I just can't get into them. After I watched Star Wars, I'm like, I'm sorry. Star Wars wins for me. <laughs> Disney fan for life. Anyway, so one of the one of my favorite questions to ask on the show really comes down to uh, this idea. Now I know you've been an entrepreneur for eighteen months uh, and you're killing it, but I'm not just talking about now. I want you to think back at any point in your life, and then also now, because obviously we have our ups and downs. Was there and is there a moment where you've been kicked in the ass so goddamn hard that you're actually on the floor wondering what the fuck you're going to do and how you're going to recover? And if you've ever experienced that, how did you get your confidence back? One. And two, how do you maintain your confidence now? Ah, very good question. Quite recently, actually, to be fair. I know when we met at Expert Empires, it was a very difficult uh, period for me, really, because I had a property business, which um, I have technically now pulled away from um, due to the instances that we that we came across. So um, for those of you that, that don't know my story, I was a, a gambling addict when I was 18. Um, so I got myself into 30, 30 grand's worth of debts just sitting there at roulette wheels spinning away every night and used to work day in, day night just to be able to go and sit in the casino again. So uh, for those of you that don't know my background, that was really what screwed me over right at the beginning. Um, so I've been like working tirelessly flipping in a job and then in business trying to get myself out of that debt. And uh, to be fair, we got kind of pretty much out of it now. It's like I've still got that debt today, but it's still being paid off. Um, now, to get to a position where our social media company did um, 200 and something odd grand, whatever it was within like the first 10 months of going live. Like we had ridiculous growth ridiculously quickly. Um, And to then have the property company, which um, was doing well, but due to a relationship that we, that we made, um, we made a bad decision going into business with certain people and it cost us near enough 58 grand. Um, So it put me in a position where, I built up a social media company, which then had to fund um, the debt of the property company. Um, so over the period of November um, and into the beginning of, of December, actually, of this year, it's been a position where I've had to make some very difficult decisions um, to walk away from a business which had been growing for quite a substantial period of time. Um, but it's put me in a position now where I have a fresh start to be able to go again. Because if you've done it once, you know you can do it again, right? Okay. Um, and once you've once you've built up a company that quickly, all you've got to do is look at what you did well and just try to not make the same mistakes that you've previously made. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I went through a very difficult period of getting myself out of debt and then going back in it, and now I've got to get myself out of it again. Um, but I've never been more motivated in my life to go and smash twenty twenty um, into a million pieces, um, purely because of the up and down year that I've had now. So I think as entrepreneurs, like you, if you go back and just look at my flipping Instagram profile, um, Chris Taylor Ideal, if you've not seen it by the way, go and go and have a look. Um, you will see all the good, the bad, the ugly of being an entrepreneur. Because tell you what, even in eighteen months, I've been from some flipping tough shit. Yeah, um, I was going to say the, the growth level that you had. Mate. Yeah, sorry, you were saying. I just no, it's right. Yeah, so you are not like, 
growth like the growth is amazing like speed and being able to like generate revenue uh, generate a lot of money very quickly is great but it also comes with the fact that you're scaling a company which to be fair I wasn't ready for like I'm very new in business um, and the, then you start when you start having to recruit a team manage a team manage customer expectations still whilst also then delivering on stage and closing sales and I could say all of it all at once when you first start it's fine but when you hit the the 20 30 grand a month mark and you have customers which you have to serve and you have to hit KPIs and all this sort of thing um I wasn't ready for it whilst also then managing a property business um so you take on too much too quickly um so now it's basically going back and really looking at what is it that you're fucking amazing at focusing on that one thing to make sure that whenever a mistake comes, you are that good at it that you can get through it and you can keep moving forward because you're going to get obstacles in this life, like entrepreneurship, business. You're going to get things thrown at you flipping every single day. But if you've got that kind of drive and that reason why that everyone flipping always talks about um, to help keep moving you forward, then trust me, like there's, there's nothing that's going to be able to stop me from getting where I want to get to. Um, and that's the kind of message that I'm trying to deliver now whenever I'm talking, whenever I'm on podcasts, is that um, life's going to kick you down. It's just making sure that you understand why you're doing all of this. So it actually keeps you moving forward to the ultimate reason of why you've flipping started it in the first place, because it's so easy to forget that in business. I mean, I forgot it towards the whole of quarter four of 2019. But as you move into a new year, the fresh start that you get, it's time to identify that what you've done is flipping amazing. Um, and all you've got to do is just make sure that you don't make the same mistakes to repeat the success and go even flipping bigger. Agreed. I would agree massively with that. And one thing that I'd actually impart as a piece of advice to everyone listening and maybe even you, Chris, is something that I got from Tim Ferriss. And that was Tim has notepads. Now I trade out my notepad for my iPad and a pencil because I'm a tech geek and I'm still a notepad, mate. I'm still a notepad, man. You know what? I I, I couldn't because the reason I had to start doing notepads was I spent 500 quid in a single year on notepads. And I I realized (laughs) the easiest thing I could do is I can get a, and it wasn't just like expensive notepads. I was talking like I would, because I write a lot. So I spend a lot of time writing different things in different books. The problem is I forget where I keep most of my stuff. Um, So it was really hard for me to find things. So I had to get like a digital notepad that I can actually like, oh, search function. Ta-da, it's here. And the pencil (laughs) with the paper-like thing on top makes it feel like I'm writing on a notepad. But the reason I have this is uh, there's a folder, there's a file on here that is basically known as Adult's Marketing Domination. And in there is all my mistakes, all the theories, all the strategies, everything that works, everything that failed, what I need to do, who I need to work with. Literally everyone's name, addresses, and so on is in this file. And the simple reason I do it is because Tim Ferriss said it best. He goes, when he started working out and to get into like really good shape, he would monitor how many sit-ups he did, how many reps of everything, what workouts he did, what food he was eating, what time he was sleeping, waking up, everything. And the reason he did it was um, in his mind, and he said that he's done this multiple times, is when he gets out of shape, he can now get back into shape by picking up that notepad, looking through what he did and going, okay, I'm here. How do I get to here? Love that. And I thought that was just perfect as a way to do it. So I do that for business and do that for my personal stuff as well. So just as an idea for you guys. Now, as we kind of wrap up this episode, I do want to tell everyone, please go ahead and follow Chris on. Chris, what's your Instagram again one more time for me? Chris Taylor Ideal. 
Chris Taylor Ideal. Follow him on Instagram. Also go to instagrammatics.com. Uh, links will be in the description as always. Rate, review, share, subscribe. If you have any questions, please feel free to tag them in either the IG accounts, the Facebook accounts, anywhere. Just message me privately. Message Chris privately. We're more than happy to help you guys out. And as always, guys, I appreciate you being here. Have an amazing weekend. And uh, yeah, I'll see you next week. Bye.